0: Bulls fans, and welcome to CHGO Bulls Podcast. What are we talking about today, you ask? Well, pretty much the same thing every other Bulls Podcast is talking about. Damien Lillard trades, probably not going to happen. Don't even know if the Bulls are connected to it. Does it matter? Absolutely not. We're pretending like it's real stuff because it is September 22 and we need something to talk about before training camp rolls around, which is very soon, a few days, a little, just, just over a week. So we're not far off actual real Bulls talk, but... Maybe this is actual rules, pools talk. Maybe not. I don't know. But here to talk this fake stuff with me is the uh, the one, the only William Gottlieb. Will, how are you, sir?
1: I am about seven days away from being three days away from being good. That's how many days until media day. And that was my Giannis four years away from two. What, what was it? Two years away from being two years away. Four years away from being four years away. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm I'm ready for media day. I'm ready to actually have some basketball to talk about. But until then, all we have is fake trade rumors. So let's get into it.
0: Of course. Let's let's get into it. But also with us today is the one, the only, the greatest producer in the world, Greg Braggs. Braggs, how are you, sir? Hopefully your week's been better. The Bears have been an absolute nightmare. But um I'm hope you are keeping in high spirits, mate.
2: Yeah, the bears are melting down. I got <laughs> a parking ticket and a blown oh, light ticket in one day. Uh, coming up. We're actually, yeah. We're having a lot of good things happening, but CHGO added Cole Komet to the, to the staff. So that's the one silver lining with our announcement of that today. So we got that going. Other than that, I think the bulls are ahead of the pecking order. As far as teams that aren't toxic right now, somehow some way the bulls are moving up the charts you got the Sox and the Bears and the the cellar dwellers.
0: Well, it's a, it's a it's a low bar. That's that's for certain. But I, something that's always bothered me. May, may, maybe the Chicago Bears are too literal. Like, isn't the again? I don't know anything about the Bears or, or the NFL, but I always I always see people saying "bear down." Maybe they're very literal in that sense, and they're always down because of that. That uh, that statement or that tagline that people seem to run with, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what bear down actually means, but maybe they're very literal in that sense. But that's it's the part extent. Part of the fight song,
1: bear down, Chicago I, Bears.
0: I didn't know they had a fight song, but clearly they're not yeah. fighting very hard, or they're not singing hard enough. They are but nonetheless,
1: fighting to get out of the gutter and not doing a great job at it.
0: <laughs> bear down. You know who's not down? The Chicago Bulls. Bulls mid. They're right
1: in the middle, baby.
0: <laughs> that's their fight song. <laughs> Bulls mid. But uh, let's talk about the Bulls. Let's talk about them being mid. And I guess this is why this Damian Lillard stuff is an interesting... It's an interesting topic, I think, just from a thought exercise. Even even if this is this stuff isn't necessarily real, even if the Bulls aren't necessarily connected to Damian Lillard, maybe they're involved in the talks in some shape or form simply because they, I guess, are owed a first-round pick by the Portland Trailblazers at some point in time. So from that standpoint the balls will always have some sort of connection in a trade with Portland, not necessarily maybe even connected to this trade. Maybe it'll be something that'll happen down the line, but, uh, William, this is not unsurprising in the sense that, you know, we were hearing Levine, Lillard, balls, blazer stuff in July. Um, not necessarily Zach to Portland or anything of that nature. I, I even think if, zach was to be traded right now and connected to this trade i don't i don't think he would land in portland but this this whole thing is rid of its head again it, it's come back for whatever reason i guess because the the blazers want to deal want to deal with Dame and get it over with before training camp and zach is seemingly always in these conversations and i think for good reason but like i said even if this isn't something that's real or even just some just some uh just some trade stuff i do think it's just fun to talk about, fun to theorize because I think it does have uh, the fan base divided somewhat and I'm surprised in how it's maybe ultimately shaken out based on my 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 read on the thing, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to get your takes because I feel like I'm in the minority on this one, but in terms of if the Bulls were actually to do a Damian Lillard deal and let's say they had to send out Zach, Zach Levine in said deal, would you do the deal and how would you do the deal? Maybe that's probably the most important thing. How would you make the money work? How would the trade actually look like? And are we assuming, are we sure that if this deal would have to happen, that the Bulls would actually have to give up a lot to make it happen?
1: There's so much going on here with this trade, and I wrote a bit about it um, Mm -hmm. for our website yesterday, or the day before. I can't remember at this point, but um, I think the, the first thing, the first response that I've heard a lot of is like, why wouldn't you want to pair Zach and Dame together? Like, if you're trading for Dame, what's the point in doing this if you can't keep him to share the backcourt with Zach? And I think that's a fair place to start, but I also don't think it's that complicated of an answer. Um, look, there's got to be three teams going on in this, and I think it's it kind of starts there. So if the Blazers are going to be trading their superstar to – presumably start a rebuild and like look towards the future. They're going to do that by putting the ball in Scoot Henderson's hands and Shane Sharp's hands and Efferty Simon's hands. They don't want to bring in another veteran player. I mean, I I know people still think of Zach as being like a young player because he's younger than DeMar Mooch. He's 28, 29. Um, He's been in the league 10 years. Like he is a, he's a veteran, like a legitimate veteran in this league at this point. And so that does not make sense for the trailblazers. Um, You may also be wondering why wouldn't they just use Demar's expiring salary? Maybe they can get a little bit of extra value on that because you know teams are not interested in taking on long-term money. And I think that's a good point. But Demar's only making twenty-eight million this year, whereas Zach is making forty, and forty is a lot closer to Damian Lillard's forty-five. So Braggs, if you wouldn't mind throwing up the uh, the graphic with their contract comparisons here, this is. I mean, I think it really comes down to this. Um, forty million in this first year for Zach, forty-five million for Dame. And just by the way, my God, look at this Damian Lillard contract. If you think Zach is making a lot of money, take a look at what Damian Lillard at age thirty-six is going to be making: sixty-three point two million dollar player option. Uh, his he's got four years left. Zach has four years left. Um, and I think just like on on its face, like you have to match money here, and I think that starts with Zach before you even talk about you know value and anything else like that.
0: Well, I want to talk about this because I've seen this routinely brought up and I have a different view on this because that last year for Zach's contract Zach's contracts the contract's player option if I'm not mistaken. So there shouldn't, yes. we shouldn't just assume that that number will be in, on the books on that fourth year or the, on the fifth year of Zach's deal because if Zach is still very good at that point and we know that the, the salary cap is rising, it's increasing a 48, $49 million number at that point in time may only be around 25-ish percent of the cap, something like that, maybe a little bit more, 20, 27, 28%. If he feels at that point, he'll be eligible for a 35% max, not to suggest that he could get that. But I know a lot of people are freaking out about the the number for Damian Lillard in the final year of his deal being north of 60 million. But um, for, for Zach Levine, like, okay, yeah, that that, that final year is 48-49, but he could opt out and potentially earn more in that year as well. And I know right now, based on how the numbers look, that Damian Lillard is said to be paid more money in that final year than, than Zach Levine, but I don't necessarily think that will ultimately be true depending on how things move in terms of Zach's career, the market dynamics of the NBA more generally. It is a player option for a reason. He can opt out and get more money potentially at that time. I don't think we should just assume that he's going to opt into that number, particularly... If the cap keeps rising and his game is still good enough to command a, a a salary that's maybe more than that, so I I get I get it, but at the same time, like it's 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 not written in stone that that that's the number that Zach will be earning in that particular season.
1: Yeah, I wonder about that. I mean, you look at some of the players around the league, and like people are freaking out about Tyler Hero's making twenty seven million dollars, and Zach's making you know upwards of forty nine that last season. It only takes one team, though, to be in the cap space, you know, agenda where you look at Houston this past year, where they give um, Fred VanVleet more than what Zach's making on an annual basis, but for a shorter amount of time. Like, Zach's going to be 30 in that fourth year of his five-year deal. So if he does uh, not pick up that player option and then try to look for a longer-term thing, you're absolutely right. I mean, he could be making a lot more, um, whether that's with the Bulls or another team, who knows. But that does kind of change the calculus in terms of, you know, the years on Zach's deal as well, because four years plus a player option, if he does lean towards opting out, is a lot different than five years. Um, so maybe that does change the things. But I don't think that situation would be true for Damian, who would be age six in the final year, if he has deal making $63 million. Um, I, I highly doubt he's going to be getting much more than that um no. maybe he like opts out for a two plus one or a one plus one um mm. but i mean that that's probably more money than he's gonna be able to make over the next couple of years
0: yeah i think the little number is like fine to maybe assume that that would be there or thereabouts just because of the age thing but i know i i've just heard this i've seen this said on a number of different play films including twitter um that the the salary numbers are Notable and different, but I I don't necessarily know if that will will be completely true. And we can but just it does, point to Jalen Brown's it contract. Does,
1: yeah, for sure. But it does. Um, I think going back to my original point, it does make make it pretty clear that like the only way the Bulls could get into the Dame sweepstakes. And to be clear, there's definitely been some chatter around that happening. But I I think the Bulls have kind of fallen out of the race. Um, at this point, it sounds like a handful of other teams have kind of overtaken them. But if they are going to be able to get into this, unless they package like Demar and Lonzo Ball and attach a few other assets in order to get off of Ball and bring in another team to take on Ball's dead money, it's just going to be impossible to have Zach and Dame together. Um, and who knows what Dame wants here. Like he's put Miami as the only team on his wish list, presumably because he wants to only go to Miami. And if the Bulls are going to be trading for him, how does that complicate things? Uh, and I think that kind of leads to the question that you were starting to allude to, which is like, mm-hmm. so if all that stuff is true, like, how much more is it going to cost you? Because basically, what you have to do right now is beat the Heat's offer. Correct. Um, maybe the Raptors are in this. Maybe, um, you know, th- there have been a handful of other teams like the Sixers, the Nets, um, who have been loosely attached. But right now, it's like the Heat are the ones that are after game. And their offer is Tyler Hero plus Salary Filler plus 2027-29 picks. And then maybe like Nikola Jovich or Jaime Jaquez. Yeah. And these guys are decent prospects. Hero, clearly not as good as Zach Levine. And just, I mean, I could go on a whole other, you know, tangent here about how the discourse about Zach Levine is ridiculous and that people talk about him as if he's an overpaid Tyler Hero, which is just absurd. Uh, but because Zach Levine is better, I think you probably, the delta between what you're going to have to give up is a little bit smaller to like, in terms of assets, you're going to have to add. So the complication does come with what is the third team that you're going to have to send Zach to, because as I was saying at the top, like the Blazers aren't going to want Zach here, which means a third team is going to have to want Zach. They're going to have to shuttle assets for Zach to the Blazers, the Bulls may have to add something else. And I'm not sure what that something else would be, but that's kind of the, the framework of how this thing happens. Um, and I think it's why this only works with Zach and it doesn't work with Demar. Um, just to make the money work for a pure value play in terms of like, you're not gonna get the requisite assets from a third team if you give them Damar and you're gonna need the requisite assets to send to the Blazers. So I just don't think it really works there. And that leads to a whole host of other questions.
0: Yeah, and look, this has been my contention the minute this sort of became a thing, a talking point. Uh, I won't necessarily call it news uh, or substantiated rumors because I don't think it really is. But the contention or the thought exercise has, from my perspective, has always been, well, why are we assuming that the Bulls need to give up a boatload to get Dame? I don't think this is going to be a Kevin Durant-type trade. And to your point, the only offer that we seemingly know Somewhat of the details is is that heat offer. So that's what you need to beat Tyler Hero, a couple picks, salary filler, and some decent, okay role player, young prospects. I think the Bulls can get in the conversation if we're comparing it to the uh, to the Miami Heat offer. And I think because I hold the opinion that Zach Levine is much better than Tyler Hero, that 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 that, that, that delta is significant. That you don't net you don't need to give necessarily more picks or more players to beat that heat offer because you are including Zach Levine. Yeah, it won't be uh what's the name? Zach going to the Blazers, but presumably Tyler Hero wouldn't necessarily be going to the Blazers either because I th- I think regardless of this trade and who's in it, it's going to need to be a three-team trade At because the Blazers just are not and they're not interested in the Heat's package for Tyler Hero. You would need to get a third team in that situation. We've talked about why Zach doesn't make sense in Portland. You would need a three-team situation there anyway. So it's going to be a three-team deal regardless. But because who Zach is and potentially you know, could be the best player that's uh, on the market for Damian Lillard, I don't think you necessarily need to give up two, three, four draft picks or Patrick Williams or something like that. I think, and, and maybe some people aren't even prepared to do this, but I think if you were prepared to put in the, the, the 27 um uh, the 2027 first-round pick, or 29, which one, whichever one, give the Blazers back their pick. Includes, obviously, and make the money work to, to get it done. Maybe you have to include some fake seconds as well. But I think that gets you at a ballpark where you're – you're competing with that Miami Heat deal, and I don't think the Bulls necessarily need to go more than that because that Miami Heat deal isn't super strong either. Now, unless a team comes and then, in and, and wows that, then then okay, maybe you need to include other stuff. But at that point, I, like, why are we talking or thinking about the Bulls needing to include Zach plus three or four first round picks? Because I don't, I don't think they need to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, for it, it just it all depends on who's this third team. Like there aren't it doesn't seem like there are a lot of takers for Tyler Hero, and let's say the Heat can find a third party for Tyler Hero. And by the way, it just kind of seems like Portland does not want to deal with Miami regardless. Like, they've just kind of got an embargo against working with the Heat, which could play into the Bulls' favor um, if they are in these talks. And they do think it's a good idea. But uh, you know, let's say they can send him for a couple of like decent veteran players who are making like you know, package package them for you know, two $15 million salaries or two $14, $13 million salaries and a pick like that's the the Bulls could get way more for Zach if they could find the right suitor. And I think that's really been the question uh, this whole offseason because Zach has been in all these rumors and all these trade talks and speculations and all this stuff, which I think is an interesting point in and of itself that Zach continues to pop up in these rumors um, but if they can find a third team and that's easier said than done, that team is going to give up a lot more for Zach than what some other third team would give up for Tyler Hero. And I think that's really where you can leverage Zach's value to where you might, you may not even need to give up that much. I mean, maybe it's like the the matching salary is a little complicated because Dame is making uh, like five and a half million dollars more and uh, the bulls are already up against the tax um, which means they would need to add more salary, but they can't really add Javon Carter because he can't be traded until, I think, October 8th, and Io can't be traded until January 15th because he was signed with Bird Rights and his deal exceeded 20% of what it was before. Um, so there are all these complications that make it a little bit difficult. But if, like, the Hornets were to get involved with Zach, they would have to give up, like, a pick and a good young player, and maybe that's enough to close the gap between what the Heat are offering and what the Bulls can get uh, for Dame. So it it just, it really all depends on that third team and who becomes available. Now there's other situations where maybe a fourth team comes into play. Um, The Suns and Aiton going to the Blazers have been, you know, another talking point and maybe that helps grease the wheels. So there's just so much going on here, but I think at the end of the day, like the cost of Dame, I don't think is going to be that much more than Zach and that that could be really interesting in terms of what it does to the Bulls' present and future. Can well, I
2: ask, can I ask you guys this though? Just mm-hmm. from my perspective, like I think most fans, when you hear Damian Lillard for Zach Levine, you'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Because we all Damian Lillard's a household name for any surface level NBA fan, right? Mm-hmm. But when you lay out the contract the way it is, I and mean, that's pretty staggering. The age discrepancy alone. I mean,
1: five like, years that, older.
2: Zach Levine in his last year of this contract would still be younger than Damian Lillard in the first year of getting him. And so when you lay it out like that, I guess my question to you guys would be is Dave, who's better for the next, because I'm not even worried about the last year. I can eat one year. Who's better for the next three years. Age aside.
0: I think it's Dave. I do. And I keep, I keep hearing this. I, I think I keep, I keep hearing this thought that okay, Dame's old, that you can't have him, that your window short, that you wouldn't necessarily be competing for a title. What's the point of going for it? We've even seen in the comments thrown hats saying that that's not enough or not worth to go to the second round for. I think it is, and I, the reason why I think that is because this team clearly isn't it. This team, at least last season, couldn't get out of the plane. I think. And maybe I'm in the minority of this as well. But I think if you could put together a deal where you're not necessarily having to give up every single asset that you own, if you can keep Patrick Williams and if you can trade Zach Levine, uh, Dale and Terry, two first round picks and one of those first round picks being the Blazers back, sending the Blazers back their own pick. Maybe if you want to extend that deal, maybe if you put Lonzo in that deal and you take back Yusuf Nurkic, um, that will save the Blazers money down the line. There's ways to make this happen or there's ways to make the money work. I'm not really concerned about the money or those sorts of things. For me, like I just don't – my issue with this whole Zach Levine thing is I, I I recognize how good Zach Levine is, but I have no interest in what this next iteration of balls teams is with Zach as the best guy because I kind of feel like we know what that team is. I don't want to watch a team post DeMar and, and Vooch that is just Zach, Pat, kobe focused or or those three being you know the centerpiece pieces of the next iteration of team of ball teams because i don't think that team's very good either that's that team's substantially worse than the one that we've currently got that team's not making any uh any waves and why should we assume that zach would want to remain in chicago if that is the team going forward as well so people talk about the window of a demar vooch dame team it having maybe two to three years at most, and even then, you're probably not necessarily winning anything, let's say. But I don't think this current team is winning shit either, and I certainly don't think the next iteration of Bulls is winning anything as well. So I'm not too concerned about that, Brags. I don't care about the contract, I don't care about the age because I think Dame right now is notably better than Zach. And I think someone like Dame, even if he's not the one that's necessarily going to lead you to that, to the promised land, I think you have more chances of. Trying to connect another star with Dame than you do with with Zach and whoever else it may be.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Throne Hat's question I think is is one that's come up a bunch, and I mean I would argue one. I don't think you can definitively say Zach is the best player on the team. I think and that would that was a strong, be my
0: response. I'm, i would say yes, we are strong... trading for a we are trading for a player to play with our best player because DeRozan is our best player, and we're bringing in Dame to be next to our best player. And I think Dame in that situation would be the the best player would, would take over regardless. So, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced that Zach is the best player on this team either, William. Which is I cut you off there, but I, I feel passionately about that one too.
1: No, I, I, and I think that's kind of the bet that the Bulls would be making. But maybe we can uh talk a little bit more about that after we pay some bills here
0: let's do it factor meals tell me about it
1: factor meals uh is a beautiful product that we've been working with for a little bit here and with the fall season already in swing you might be looking for some wholesome convenient meals for your jam-packed days factor is america's number one ready to eat meal kit and it can help you fuel up with fast chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals, and they're delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. They've got 34-plus weekly-flavored, fresh, never-frozen meals, and they're ready to eat in two minutes. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs, and ready to eat in record time. They also have calorie-conscious options trying Delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. They've got breakfast meals as well apple, cinnamon, pancakes, bacon, and, ed- and cheddar egg bites, potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. And if you want to head to factormealscom chgo bowls 50, you can get 50% off on your first order. It's that simple, go to factormeals.com slash Bulls 50, to get 50% off.
0: Very good, William. And look, let's just assume the Bulls trade for Damien Lou. Obviously, we would all, well, maybe not all of us would rejoice with that. I would. And you know what I would be doing thereafter? I would be very excited about this Bulls season. I'd be want to be watching as many Bulls games as possible. And you can get that done with our friends at Fuby TV. Or Fubo TV, who have over 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, news, whatever you want to watch, you can stream it all from your TV, uh, live TV from any device, whether it's on your TV, whether it's on your, your phone, whatever it might be, you can get it all on uh, Fubo TV. You can watch all of your Chicago uh, your Chicago sports team for the lowest price. Now, this read here suggests that you should be watching the Bears. I, I'm not sure if you necessarily want to be doing that. Um, via Fubo TV. Does anyone want to really be watching the Bears at this point? Probably not, but that doesn't matter. Just because, I mean, there's there's the F1 this weekend. That's in Japan. If you're not an F1 fan, definitely watch that instead of the Bears on Sunday. College football, obviously, that is a thing that people watch. Ryder Cup, the UEFA Champions League, or the Euro qualifiers. Uh, you've got NBA basketball coming back, Major League Basketball. and th- I mean, that's just sports. There's all these other things, shows, movies, news, et cetera. So if you want to get rid of your cable, if you, want, if you don't want any hassle, if you don't want no contract, all you need to do is just sign up and start watching this over, uh, like I said, 140 channels you can get your hands on. So if you go to com slash chdo, when you sign up, you will get 15% off your first month. What a deal that is. Like I said, if the Bulls trade for Damien Lillard, then you want to get your hands on this package because you want to be watching every single game and you can do it all from Fubo TV. William, let's keep talking, Dame, because this is just a a fascinating topic for a number of different reasons. And this is one I want to hit on here. We've got Golden Force in the comments. And I think this is another another point that people have raised as well. Um, and he's suggesting that he doesn't want to pair Zach. With, or he wants to pair uh, Zach with Dame, but it kind of would feel like a retread of CJ and Dame, which I completely agree with. But then he also goes on to, to say that a Damar, Dame, and Vooch team screams first-round exit. And maybe that would be the case. Maybe that would be the case, that that would be the ceiling. But again, maybe, I get, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I feel like the East is wide open. And if I, I feel like if you could put together a package whereby... You're getting Dame at a modest price because, like we said before, the other offers that we know about aren't blowing the uh, the Blazers away. But if I, I really do think that if the Bulls could add Damian Lillard, and the only key piece that they're losing in said deal is Zach Levine, whether Zach goes to Portland or not, I feel like that team could compete for a home round uh, or home court in the playoffs. I, that, that's I I I feel strongly about that. And I'm not saying they would be first or second, maybe not even third in the East, but I don't think the East is very good outside of Boston and Milwaukee. I know Cleveland could win 50 games. I think the Knicks could potentially win 50 games, but I don't think they're locks to do that. Uh, I do think the Bulls could be maybe the fourth best team in in the East if they trade for Damian Lillard. And one of the reasons why I feel strongly about that is the Sixers are ring right now. Who knows what the hell they're going to look like soon. Uh, do we even know if James Harden's reporting to camp the key thing here as well is if you trade for Damian Lillard then the Miami Heat don't get Damian Lillard they look they don't look very good without him that team ain't doing anything that's a play-in team without Damian Lillard then who after thereafter who, who else is in the east that you really have to compete with like are we talking about the Atlanta Hawks at that point uh the Brooklyn Nets like what team would we feel strongly would be better than the Bulls should they acquire Damian Lillard. So I do feel like this team with Damar, Dame, Vooch, Patrick Williams, Alex Caruso, et cetera, Kobe, whilst I don't think they're winning a title, I do think this could be a legitimate second round team and potentially if things break right, you could get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, again, that'll never be good enough for some people because, you know, uh, some people have a championship or bust mentality, but for me, based on where this team has been for the last 25 years, having only won 45% of their games and where this current iteration of team is right, where where that team is at right now. If you could convince me or tell me that this Bulls team could be the fourth best team in the East and have a legitimate shot of getting to the second round, potentially even the Eastern Conference Finals, I would do it. I would do it. Sorry, but I would do it.
1: I think people are forgetting how good Dame is. Um, quite simply. And like, again, I am higher on Zach Levine than most. Uh, I think he is a top 25, top 30 player in the league. There are some that think he's outside the top 60. Um, I think like Seth Partnow had him ranked in the close to 80 um, in his recent rankings for the athletic. Like I think people really underestimate how good Zach is. And I think those of us who watch him on a game to game basis understand that the volume and efficiency that he scores with is just so impressive. Uh, the three levels, all of that. But the gap between the 30th or 25th best player in the league and the 10th best player in the league is, like, absolutely it's enormous. Awesome. I mean, that yeah. that is that is game-changing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the difference between Jimmy Butler and Zach Levine still. I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, a lot of criticism – heading towards both Zach and Damar and Vooch for that matter has been because they're not like the guy that can lead you to a championship team. Like Dame is that guy. There aren't very many players in the league that can be the best player on a championship team. And I genuinely believe Damian Lillard is one of them. Okay. Last year he had a career best season scoring the ball, 32 points per game uh, on 46% from the field, 57% on twos, which was by far a career high. Uh, 56 effective field goal percentage. He shot nine and a half free throw attempts per game and made 91 and a half percent of them, 7.3 assists and 4.8 rebounds. Okay. Absolutely career year scoring the basketball. And like Zach had a great year and he averaged 24 and a half. Uh, So again, the gap between a legitimate like all-star player fringe, all-star player and a first team, all NBA caliber player is enormous the Blazers were plus 11.3 points per possession, points per 100 possessions with Dame on the court last year. That's the 99th percentile in offense. Um, Dame led the entire NBA in offensive uh, effect, um, offensive EPM, estimated plus minus. Okay, it was better than Jokic. It was better than Steph Curry. It was better than Doncic. It was better than Embiid. And like, not by a little bit, uh, Dame's OEPM was plus 8.1. Jokic was second, 7.7, 7, Steph third, 6.5, Luka 6.4. Zach was plus 2.2, 2. Um, I don't know, plus 2.6, excuse me. So again, we're talking about a player that's like three times as valuable on the offensive end. Um, he puts Damar De- uh, in a position where he can really be like a pure scorer and not have to be the one that like the entire offense runs through. And I think there would be some complication in terms of, how well the offense flows with a guy like that, uh, having to dominate the ball a bit more. Like people complain about Zach and Demar's usage. They're like 28, 27. Dame was like 36 last year usage. So he's gonna have the ball in his hands and he's gonna score the ball an extremely high level, efficient level, and high volume. Um, but I say all this to say, like, I don't think you are retreading the Blazers, Dame and CJ team who by the way went to the conference finals in the western conference uh this team is i think built to perform at a higher level they have caruso who is probably like a better backcourt mate than anybody uh dame ever played with um obviously like not going to score the ball like cj but in terms of impact like there are very few players that impact the game on a level that caruso does um Nurkic, played at an extremely high level as a role man and a short role player facilitating off of Dame, Luch is like, ooh, world's better than him. So I, mm-hmm. I really do think this could work at a high level. Um, if you don't have to trade Patrick, if you don't have to trade Kobe, you keep the, the cupboard uh, full enough of young players and assets to where you're probably not, like, destroying your future. Um, you know, one extra pick plus the Blazers pick, that's kind of a fake one because it's never going to come bay that's not that much. I mean, that is not that much to go from a top 30 player to a top 10 player. And yeah, maybe it's not a title team. It's, it's probably not, but I do think that that group has like a legitimate chance to go to the conference finals. Whereas like this team currently caps out at a first round. And I don't know, I, I go back and forth about like the value of going all in for a team that can't win. Um, but I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that this team would be a lot better, a lot more exciting, and at the very least, like a lot more different. Because, like you said, this group—I mean, I just—I cannot imagine ending up in the same position next year, 365 days from now, where you've missed the playoffs or lost in the first round, and you have to re-sign or extend Damar because you're afraid to lose him for nothing. And you've still got Zapp, and you've still got Booch, and Patrick still hasn't popped, and guys are getting more expensive. And for what? I mean, you're just going to end up in the same spot. I, I think at the very least, like, it's going to be a better team that's also different and more fun. And I think for a team that's as stuck in the mud as the Bulls are right now, I think that's that's a huge improvement. And that, That's before you even talk about the guys that they actually added this summer and Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, who also really help uh, around Dame. So I do think the Bulls will be a lot better. I don't think it's as simple as, like, that's just a retread of the Blazers. But even if it is like that team went to the conference finals and, and I'm not ah. saying that the bulls would definitely get there, but like that would be a huge win.
0: I, I think they could legitimately get to the conference finals. And again, it would take, you I'm know, not saying
1: certain- they would, but like they definitely could.
0: I, I'm definitely saying they could because Dep- who knows? Anything can happen in a regular season. We assume that the Bucks and the Celtics are the two best teams in the East. I think they are. I think come playoff time, assuming health that they would be. But depending on, see- on seeding, depending on how a regular season were to shake out, if for whatever reason those teams take injuries during the regular season that impacts their seeding, maybe they get healthy for the playoffs. But maybe those two teams meet in the second round as a as a, as a a 2-3 matchup or a 1-4 matchup as, as, as an example if one of them were to take each other out, and then you're on the other side of the bracket, and for whatever reason you you happen to get a favorable matchup because of that, you, you're you're a top four in the East because of what has materialized, and like I said before, the fact that the Eastern Conference isn't overly strong, there's there's a lot of parity in the Eastern Conference. I think there is a path where you potentially could get to the Eastern Conference uh, finals, and again that won't be good enough for some people which fine and i should have said this from the top i mean my 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 preferred method of building with this team going forward remains the rebuild i would prefer to trade zach for a package that sets you down that path so i should have led with that i should have that should have been the ultimate caveat that we started with because that remains my preferred method of building um and i should have also said this if damian lillard refuses to turn up to Chicago post a trade, then obviously you don't make that deal as well. Like These are the ultimate caveats that maybe don't need to be said, but maybe I should have said them just to make that very clear. But if the mandate is you have to win games, that we're not rebuilding, that we're not going backwards, not doing any of that, and Dame is prepared to play in Chicago and is uh, prepared to soften his stance of only wanting to play in Miami, assuming those two things exist, I would absolutely 100%, 100% pursue this path, assuming the cost for Damian Lillard is reasonable. Now, if the Blazers are asking for three or four first and you need to include Patrick Williams and you need to do this and that, then no, you don't do this deal. But if you, all you need to do is beat that heat offer, then I think you you absolutely do that. And I think you can do that. So I, I completely agree with you, William, that I don't think this would maybe be a retread of, the previous Damon and, and uh, CJ Blazers. And one of the issues with those teams was they, they could never get defense around those guys. They never really had the wing players to get that done. But if you can keep Pat, if you keep Caruso, there's there's some really good defensive players to put that are next to them. You've got Curry Juval, you've got Io, Tori, Uh you, you mentioned Nurkic having that one great season, uh, I think when they went to the the, the, the conference finals. A, a great Nurkic season is an average uh, Vucs season. So, I, I do think this would probably be the best team that Dame would ever be on. And like I said, in this in this kind of Eastern Conference where it, uh, there would be a lot of parity, and depending on thing, how things break out, like the Celtics are an injury or two away from not being the best team in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like they they are putting a lot of time and money into Kristaps Porzingis and Malcolm Brogdon and and Robert Williams. They they are they need a lot from those guys, guys who are routinely hurt. Uh they've they've thinned out their rotation. The Bucks rotation got uh, a lot uh well it's not what it was. It's not what it used to be. It doesn't have the same level of depth. Now at, at at peak, at full health, yes, I think those teams are better than the Bulls. But we just shouldn't just assume that those two teams are gonna be, you know, absolute contenders, premier contenders. I don't think the East is whoever's coming out of the East, I don't think, is winning the championship regardless. But I do feel strongly like that this team with Dame could be a real Good fun, legitimate team. maybe it never wins a title, but i if the alternative is not rebuilding and the alternative is continuing to win, then I don't see how this team right now currently constructed is any better than what this what we're proposing here, and I don't certainly believe that a team led by zach Levine and patrick Williams and kobe williams po uh, kobe white post post uh you know the Demire, let's say I don't see how that team's any better or more productive either, so I just don't understand why there's any pushback to this. I actually think this is a no-brainer, assuming, like I said before, that a rebuild is not an option and that Dame can be had for a reasonable package.
1: Yeah, I think the, the point about still being like a, a full teardown, being the best mode of action, I think that's, I, I definitely still feel that way. But there's a reason that like Zach being in all these trade conversations and the Bulls still being unwilling to blow it up, so to speak. There's like a reason that's happening. That reason is that there's no appetite to do that in this front office. AK has publicly said as much. Mark Eversley has publicly said as much. And all their actions behind the scenes would also suggest that they're more interested in bringing in veteran players than developing the young guys. Like you don't bring in Javon Carter and Tori Craig to potentially start over Io and Patrick because you want to develop Io and Patrick. Like that's just not how you're doing things. So um, I do think because the one way seems unlikely that going all in like, and this goes back to like what we we're talking about at the trade deadline two years ago when Lonzo was hurt and we felt like they could have made a move to really go all in using Derek Jones, $12 million contract. Like you, you can't go all in or continue to like show as much faith in a group as the Bulls front office has shown in this without in this group, without like, actually putting their money where their mouth is and like going to the luxury tax or investing in better players. Um, I think this is how you end up where you are. You don't go all the way in, you put your foot on the gas for a little bit and then start to coast. Um, That's how you end up like fighting for your life. And if they really want to be a legitimate playoff team, like flipping Dame for Zach and a pick is a good way to do that and maybe they don't even need to go beyond like one pick like they probably the blazers would want a 2027 pick from the bulls zach and salary Pillar, plus whatever they can get whatever 13 gives up for zach like if they can get a good return on zach i don't even see why the blazers would want their own pick back because it doesn't really benefit them unless it just sounds like a win for them to get another pick back so i think if they aren't going to blow it up if they if they want to still be competitive like This is what you have to do. Obviously, that comes with a lot of other risks and long term um, just potential for disaster that the current core doesn't necessarily represent. Um, But I still think, all in all, like the risk or the reward outweighs the risk in this scenario, assuming the price isn't so high.
0: Yeah, and that's the assumption. Like I said before, if the Blazers want Zach plus Pat plus three first-round picks with limited protections, then obviously, no, you don't do those type of deals. That's not what we're sitting here suggesting, but I'm pushing back against the pushback around, you know, including any more future assets into investing in this group. I, I don't think that makes sense either. Like like I said, if, if if this team is not willing to rebuild and the mandate remains to be somewhat competitive, then I'd rather be uh a fifty win team that has legitimate chances of being a a second round team. And then yeah, maybe that never wins a title. But I'd rather be that team than being endlessly mid just because Jerry Randsdorf wants to bank some some playoff dollars or, you know, at least get some bums in seats, those sorts of things. But maybe I'm just um feeling good about myself, William, just because I've been drinking some Goose Island lately. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, mate. Maybe I'm just feeling you know, just just enjoying the fact that it's heating up here in Australia. The fact that I've got a Goose Island in my hand. The You know, Chicago's beer since 19, uh, 1988. CHDO is absolutely supported and, and loves to be represented by our friends at Goose Island. So maybe this is why I'm just feeling loosey-goosey about everything and why I'm just uh, enjoying thinking about Damien Lillard in a Chicago Bulls uh, jersey. But nonetheless, Oktoberfest is coming up as well. And the fact that you can have, you know, be celebrating Oktoberfest with a 312 wheat owl in your hand or a full pocket pills, whatever it might be, there's over 30 odd beers. uh, The the assortment of beers that you could potentially be drinking in Oktoberfest or potentially watching Damian Lillard in Ball's jersey, just sitting back with that 312 in your hand, watching Damian Lillard raining threes. Man, that would be fun. You know what would be even more fun? Going down to one of the tap rooms and watching the Bulls on the big screen. So whether you want to go down to a brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or if you want to get down to Fulton Street in West Town, grab a beer, grab your mates, watch Dane do it for the Bulls. What but be- I couldn't think of anything better, William. So I uh, I love the fact that Goose Island represents us here at CHTO, Chicago's beer since 1988. Was boy was I was going to say was no, Damian Lillard wasn't born in 88. That would have been for Tautis if that was the case. But um, maybe that's why I'm feeling this, William. Maybe that's why. But uh, another thing that could happen if Damian Lillard joins the Bulls, you would need to get your hands on some Damian Lillard uh, merch, some Damian Lillard gear. And where you could do that is at FOCO.
1: And that's exactly where I was going next because if you want to get fitted out in the best sports gear around, you should check out FOCO. They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Baseball season is coming to an end, but guess what? It's football season, and if you are ready for a Tyson Bajant Bears QB1 jersey, Foco.com probably does not, but maybe they're they're getting there to a point where they can get you hooked up. They also hooked us up with some set decorations at our CHGO studios, so we appreciate them for the awesome pieces that they sent over. So if you want to get decked out and be as fit as Damar, what was the old line that was in those ad reads? Get decked out like Damar. If you want to get decked yeah. out like Damar, check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non pre-sale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off.
0: There you go. There you go. Get decked out tomorrow, like Damar. Get decked out like Dame. Maybe that'll be the next tagline. Eh? Decked
1: out like Dame. There you it never is. know.
0: You just never know. William, let's close out this show with uh, more Dame talk. There you go. Uh, we want to talk, or I want to talk about what we sort of started to touch on, which is not doing this and the opportunity cost of not doing this and what that means and what that ultimately means for the Bulls going forward, not only for this season, but you know in the years thereafter. That's where I have my concerns because... Yeah. Okay. This team, I think the one that they've put together, you know, the Bulls will be better for having Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. Are they materially better? Does it really change things? I'm of the opinion that it doesn't. Now, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe when things start, maybe these guys just having two extra warm bodies in the rotation that can actually play basketball, know how to play basketball. Maybe that's all this team needs to unleash itself. Uh, in the same way that they did in that vaunted 23-game sample when they went 14-9 and just because they had Patrick Beverley. So maybe maybe my opinion changes when I see more of it, but based on what the the Bulls have done over the last couple of off-seasons, the personnel that they've added, I don't think this team is... It's not enough for me to write home about. It's certainly not enough for me to get excited about so I do think there's an opportunity cost by just not doing anything. We saw them not do anything last time around, last offseason. You can say that adding Javon Carter and Tory Craig is a good offseason, and it is, but I don't think it's enough to really change your fortunes in the Eastern Conference. So what are we doing here? That, that's That's my ultimate question with this team, which is why I've long held the position that I think they need to blow it up and rebuild. But if that's not an option because ownership won't allow it or maybe AK just doesn't want to do that, then what are we doing here right now in, in this in this period of Chicago as well as basketball? I don't want to watch this current iteration do the thing again this season. I certainly don't want to see this current iteration be brought back and do it again beyond this season, even though it kind of feels like this is where this is going regardless because I, I assume DeMar will get extended and if you don't trade Zach and we know Vooch has been brought back that this current core is kind of be going to get be kept together regardless like the opportunity cost of not trading for Dame or not trading for whomever it might be and keep running this thing the way it is at the moment like that to me is a worse outcome than trading first round picks future first for Dame not doing anything i think is worse is that a hot take
1: um i don't think it's that hot of a take i think it's probably something that a lot of people haven't thought about when they think about, you know, pairing Demar and Dame, um, or just like the Bulls plan in general. Like, I think in a lot of ways, when you ask the question, like, what are we doing here? The answer is like, could be waiting for a star to come available so that you could package a pick or two with Levine and try to load up again. Like, I think that's a real possibility of one of the outcomes that AK is looking at. So in that sense, going after Dame is, is perhaps part of their plan or part of, you know, one of the options. Um, you know, we joke a lot about like the 2025 plan. Do you think that Giannis would be more likely to come to the Bulls as currently constructed for a team that continues to miss playoffs or one that traded for Damian Lillard and, you know, has made the playoffs several years in a row? So I, I do think there is an opportunity cost of not doing this. Um, I also think there's a big opportunity cost of doing it which is like what happens if it works versus what happens if it doesn't, what constitute a success versus a failure if you do it. Um, But I think at the end of the day, like two years ago at the trade deadline, as I brought up before, the Bulls were in first place. They were tied with Miami. And you and I both felt like you got to go all in here. You are – this is your chance. You're at the top of the East. Like you have a real opportunity. And obviously we didn't know what was going on with Lonzo. And ultimately, you know – trading a bunch of stuff may or may not have actually helped because of the Lonzo situation. But at that off season, I think you started to feel like, okay, we know we are now. We know how good we are with, without Lonzo. We know how good we are with Lonzo and you've kind of got to make a move here to really like secure the perimeter and like start to fortify your base here because you're not sure about Lanza coming back and they did nothing. And then it was like, all right, well, we'll give them to the trade deadline. And if it's not going well, then they absolutely have to blow it up. And if it is going well, then you have to absolutely add some more talent because, you know, you've still got questions about Booch's future and Damar is going to be a free agent after that. And like, will Lanza be ready? We're not sure, but he's got to be at least closer because we haven't ruled him out for the season yet. And they get to the trade deadline and they're under 500 and they still do nothing. And then they go into the off season after missing the playoffs. And it's like, all right, this is ha- this has to be it. Like, this has to be it. We've seen this thing fail too many times. There's no justifiable way for them to not do anything in this off season. And they, to their credit, got a couple of guys, but we're talking about low end rotation players or like mediocre rotation players. And it doesn't like markedly change anything about the outcome of this team. And I think a lot of people have said, all right, well, we'll give him one more chance. We'll give him one more chance. We'll give him one more chance. Like, I've felt like the chances were were up several transaction periods ago. And to me, like, I can't imagine that they are sitting in this front office looking at the results that they've seen for the past uh, almost two full seasons without Lonzo and knowing that he's not going to be here all of next year. And saying, yeah, this is good enough. We're, we're happy with this. Like they know where we are right now. And I do think that they want to improve. I do think that they want to do so without going into the tax, but I am confident they don't want to go backwards. And so I think there's a chance that you trade a future pick and Zach and the bulls get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs and people are upset. And maybe the outlook isn't as bright, but I think it's a move that represents like an all in situation that I think they should have had several transaction periods ago and maybe it's too late and maybe it's better off that they don't do this because yeah, maybe it won't work anyway. But the problem is like, they're going to keep continuing down this path regardless. And so like they're going to have to eat their met drink their medicine at some point, they're going to have to rebuild at some point. And mm-hmm. It just seems like this waiting it out period until that moment happens is like the most excruciating thing. Like to me, that's worse than a rebuild. That's worse than going all in. Waiting for the ship to burn is I think like the worst place you can be. And so in that sense, even if there is a high risk associated with the failure of a Damian Lillard trade, I think it's better because the the outcome will at least be better in the present. Um, And maybe that's short-sighted, but I still think it's just, it's it's, given how much better I think they would be in the present. Like it, it just makes more sense to me than going through the same thing again, being a first round out at best team this upcoming year, extending DeMar and then doing it all over again next year. Like, I'm already at the point where like this just simply does not compute in my mind, but like next year, that's how it's going to be for the fans. And I think it's going to be like pandemonium. And so like, I do think they're at a point where they have to do something. I also think with the amount of smoke uh, around Zach's name, like, I'm not saying I don't like Zach. I really do like Zach. I think he's a great player. I've said this before. Like I'm not trying to get rid of Zach, but like he represents the value here. And so if you're going to do something, he's probably going to be the one that you have to trade because like, Damar and Vuj are more valuable to you than they would be to anybody else. Zach mm-hmm. could provide value in that yep. sense. So to me, if they're going to do something, it's got to be this or a move like this. And I just don't know how, they, how much longer they can continue to not do something like this. Even if the result at the end of the day ends up in a position that's not all that dissimilar to where they are now. At least they've done something different to try to improve their odds. Because right now, we know what their odds are and they're still not doing
0: yeah, and I think doing nothing or trying to keep doing it with this core as currently constructed constructed is also short sighted because we know what this team is, and even if you know you pivot into a team that's uh, without Vuch, like l- let's just assume Vuch's comments that they all know this is their last their last go around. That this team, are, you know, beyond this season, would be split ups in in some way or in some shape or shape uh, some yes shape or form. I I don't want to watch a team that's led by Zach Levine. And again, that's not a, a knock on Zach. I'm not, I'm not one of those idiot anti Zach guys. Um, He's clearly worth his contract. He's clearly an extremely good NBA player. He's an all-star level player, all of that, but he's not a primary guy on a team that matters. He's just not, he's always, he's never been that guy. And the the Bulls won't be that team so long. he's, He's, he's that, you know, he's that player on the team. So, I feel like I know what a Zach Levine-led team is. I feel like I know what this current iteration of of balls is. And it's just extremely mid. And if you continue down that path, I think that is short-sighted as well. But the reason why I love this conversation, even if it's real or not, even if the Dame Lillard stuff is uh, real or not, is the fact that it's just fun to talk about the balls mattering in some sense. And I think... The Bulls with Damian Lillard and DeMar DeRozan and Vooch and Pat and Caruso, etc. I think that would be a team that matters in the Eastern Conference. It may not win shit, but I think it would be a good, fun team. One, a, a team that would actually matter in the East. A team that would matter to me as a fan. One that I think could potentially win 50-odd games and be decent. Yeah, the fall-off will be hard, but guess what, folks? The fall-off of this current team is going to be hard as well. But I love talking about it. Because we are all diehard Bulls fans, and topics like this make it fun to be a diehard Bulls fan. But if you want to be a diehard CHGO sports fan, William, how do people do it?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, Mark, because I just wrote an article that we put behind our diehard paywall. So if you want to check that out on allchgo.com, you can do that. And all of our other paywalled content, there is not too much of it. We try to keep most of it. Uh, in front of the paywall, so you guys can read it. But there's a ton of other perks associated with being a diehard. We do tailgates for various Bears games. Uh, we've got a couple coming up here in in the coming weeks. Um, and if it's not just because the joy of the team's winning and all that stuff, like it'll be fun to commiserate. Uh, so we do those. And if you are diehard, you get um, you get money off uh, for joining those events. You also get a free shirt when you sign up from the CHGO locker. There's so many perks, um, but most of all, it just helps support us and what we're doing here at CHGO. So if you're a fan of what we do and you're a fan of our work, consider becoming a diehard. You can check it out at allchgo.com.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I'm not sure if James Jame Andy in the comments is a diehard, but I'm loving his comments. Damon, 1599. Not loving your comments made around Damar, but you know what? I love I love and appreciate that Damon's always in the comments. thrown hat. All you guys, we appreciate it. So uh, if you want to support us, uh, as you're already doing, we love that. But if you're not a diehard, we'd certainly appreciate that too. But if you're not a diehard, it doesn't matter. You can still access all the other stuff that we're doing, including these beautiful sweet promo codes that we have uh, lined up for you. This one, chgo 25 you can use that at Sunnyside. The place where you can get your judgment-free cannabis. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, whether you're just starting out, whether you're a seasoned veteran, whatever it may be, you can head over to sunnyside.shop and you can explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of beautiful, high-quality products from our friends at Sunnyside. They have so many brands. I'm not going to list them all because, I mean, we're running long already. This will be a two-hour podcast if I if I have to rattle off some of the best products that they have on the, on hand. But uh, if you want to support Illinois' favorite dispensary and, in, in part, be supporting CHGO with that promo code chgo 25 you can get 25% off when you head over, over to sunnyside.shop. Uh, can use that on one order doesn't matter if you're a returning customer or a new customer it doesn't matter you can't stack it with other promotions but so long as you're 21 or over or an illinois med card holder CHGO 25 you will receive 25 percent off your order there at sunnyside who do great things supporting us and like we'll said before with all the diehards everyone that supports us uh here at CHGO, we certainly appreciate you william let's close it out damien lillard chicago bulls zach levine elsewhere Predictions, does not happen?
1: I would say the Bulls were making a notable push. I think there was a lot of smoke and I certainly heard some of it that there was real action. And I think you have to credit uh, AK and the rest of the front office for like being involved in these kind of things because they've taken some big swings and it hasn't worked out. And I do think the easy thing to do would be to rebuild, but the really hard thing to do would be going more all in. I think if you were going to trade Zach Levine, if that's something that you wanted to do, and based on all the smoke, seems like that's something that they have considered. If you're gonna do that, a great way to sell that to the fans is by bringing in a superstar of a caliber that's above Zach. So all that to say, uh, I think the Bulls were involved in these talks and I think there was, you know, some legitimacy to that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I still think that the leaders in the clubhouse are going to be the Heat um, and the Raptors. I think they have just a little bit more of something that the Blazers may end up wanting. And again, I'm not saying that like Zach is bad. I I, like cannot stress that enough. It's more just like the value thing. If you could do this with trading DeMar instead, um, and keeping all the assets that you'd keep if you were able to, you know, trade Damar instead of Zach, like, sure. But the fact of the matter is, like, I think it kind of has to be Zach, unfortunately. Um, and so I think that put, put the, puts the bulls in a tough spot um, in terms of asset management. But I do think the odds of something like this happening are very low. Would I like to see it? Yes. If only because it's different and more exciting, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Neither do I. I, th- I think he lands in Miami and uh, I think him, Jimmy and Bam is just the perfect three man combo with Spo. I think they're going to win the Eastern conference. I think they are going to win the championship. I think I will be mad about it. And then, you know, I'll probably end up, I was going to say I'll become a heat fan. I won't become a heat fan, but I'll be yearning for what the heat have and wishing that that would be a thing in Chicago. And instead we'll be having to watch this team do it again. And, uh, <laughs> pretending if that matters but that's my bold prediction that uh things will be bad that things will continue so to bold. remain bad in chicago sports because that's just what chicago sports is unfortunately we can never have nice things but what a great way to end an uplifting way to end this great podcast i appreciate everyone for tuning in thank you to william as always will underscore gottlieb on twitter on your way out give us a like two thumbs up you can see vucci there if you love this podcast, if you love what we do here at CHGO Ball, CHGO sports, hit that like button on the way out, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. Uh appreciate everyone. I'm at MK Hoops on Twitter if for whatever reason you want to follow me there, which you probably don't. Uh greatly produced this time around by our friend Greg bag Braggs Jr. No no fumbles this time, Braggsy. We are uh, we appreciate you. Hopefully the I players. Know. I might function. have
2: I might have fumbled though, because then I, I had these salary things, but we never yeah, no, we know. never threw to it. No, we threw to okay, because I, I was sitting there, I was like, I know they didn't throw to it, but then I was thinking to myself, I was like, Well, I can't make it through a show without messing up. So
0: No, you did well this time. Um, well, I'm you did today. Bears... a lot
2: better than the last and time I did did it for you, Mark, but I don't know. You've been I mean.
1: mistake free. You're playing Jimmy Butler basketball, mistake free. I
2: like that's it. it. Okay, yeah, I, luck- I didn't know if Mark saw what I snuck under the wire, right under his name, but that's going to be on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just back everything. This is
2: I the see. danger of giving me the controls around here.
0: Bloody brags! <laughs> right, we're ending the show now. Ah. See you, people. Bye. <laughs>